2: Welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bob Matthews. Mark Cox is on vacation. He'll be back next week on the program, but uh, thanks to Carl Middleman for being our executive producer to put this all together. This very first segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory. Razorback Armory is in De Pair. If you've never been to the store, I encourage you to go there and introduce yourself. Take a look at all the wonderful weaponry that they offer, accessories. Razorbackarmory.com is a great place to start to get their phone number, their address. Heck, you can even make an appointment to go see Jesse, who we're going to talk to in just a moment, uh, about a lot of things concerning the Second Amendment. uh, But go to RazorbackArmory.com. Now, big news this week for Second Amendment supporters. The National Rifle Association's website is welcoming the Supreme Court's decision in the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. The court affirmed that the right to bear arms does not stop at a person's front door. In many states, you can legally own a firearm within your home, but once you leave that home, you can't take it with you in many instances unless you have uh, certain permits. Well, this is the most significant Second Amendment ruling in more than a decade. This is another landmark win for constitutional freedom and the National Rifle Association, uh, is words from Wayne LaPierre. He's the executive vice president of the NRA. He says the decision comes at an important time as the Senate considers legislation that undermines, Second Amendment freedom. This decision... Unequivocally validates the position of the NRA and should put lawmakers on notice: no law should be passed that impinges this individual freedom. It also confronts a troubling problem with the Senate legislation, underscoring that these uh, freedoms should not be left to unguided discretion of state and federal officials. Second Amendment freedoms belong to the people, and we are going to talk about an instance that I went through just a week ago while I was in New York at my father-in-law's funeral. He was a uh, he was a a forester. Stranger, and so he was law enforcement but he also had to have and uh, most people in new york have to have a special permit but we're going to talk about a lot of those things but that's a good win for second amendment supporters uh jesse rolfus is part ownership of razorback armory and Depere, and you know it seems like a lot of headlines as soon as they can use the term ar-15 people lose their minds so jesse i just want to ask you People that don't really understand want to call it a weapon of war. But Jesse, why is the AR-15 such a popular firearm in this country?
1: So it's a very popular weapon, I think, A, for the versatility of the platform. Mm -hmm. So it's a semi-automatic rifle. It can be in multi-calibers. It's very simple to use. Um, It's not a very complex weapon, so it's, it's simple to use. Um, For for somebody like me, it's usually simple to diagnose if you have a problem because there's not a lot of moving parts.
2: Okay, I will interject right Mm -hmm. there. I had a problem with mine. I called you. You said, (laughs) have you sprayed lubricant down? (laughs) I hadn't because I had shot so much I was at the range because I don't go to the range that often. But when I do go, I want to shoot a lot. And that's what your suggestion was? Worked like a charm.
1: Yeah, yours was just dirty, getting <laughs> sluggish. You know, and, yeah. and you can you. There's some quick fixes like that to keep it running, to keep you know keep everything working. And then obviously the the real solution is a full teardown, clean kind of field strip, get your gun back to, you know, to zero if you will, working order. And yeah,
2: go back and, uh, d- Jesse, though um, that, that's a little bit above my pay grade.
1: Uh, you could do it.
2: I mean, I've gone to YouTube University to figure out yeah. some things, and it does help. But, man, when that spring went flying across my garage, <laughs> I was like,
1: Jesse! But I sell those springs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I bet you do. Uh, Jesse is uh, part of the uh, ownership uh, team here at Razorback Armory. Uh, the, uh, the AR stands for Armalite.
1: So, yes, everyone thinks it's automatic rifle, kill everything, you know, black, murder, death, yes. everything. It's really, Stoner made, uh, Stoner made the rifle, okay, uh, his original uh, drawn up as a submission for a military contract, when Stoner got that and Armalite got it, they re- they really didn't have enough production to do it, so it kind of got kicked over Colt, yeah. and 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 actually many manufacturers have made this for our military. Um, there's several different uh, variations, if you will, mo- modernization of the weapon. Um, a lot of um, a lot of industry not so long ago tried to call it msr these are msrs modern sporting rifles So okay. get away from ar and a lot of people in the industry said no that's an ar-15 right. it's going to be an ar-15 and we're calling it an ar-15 but the the popularity of it i think is from versatility um from versatility on how you can style it how you can kind of make it ergonomically yours
2: customize it and, absolutely and
1: even set it up to what purpose you're doing I want something to go target shoot. I'm using it more for hunting. I, I know. I'm using it more for defensive purposes. Um, And then caliber specific, you know, what caliber am I using? What am I shooting with it? What am I doing with it? And then your whole optics package. Am I using iron sights? Am I using a red dot? Am I using a traditional powered scope? So the versatility of that weapon keeps the popularity and has kept it in the forefront of guns.
2: And I've heard of uh, farmers in uh, Arkansas and Texas hunting Mm. hogs with it because they are a powerful weapon. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of uh, capacity in the magazines, which is great but let's transition into uh, the shooting sports because when I talk about Razorback Armory, Mm -hmm. on your commercials, I'm talking about personal security, Um, I'm talking about hunting, but I'm also talking about the shooting sports. And Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people realize what that is and you just actually had a chance to visit on your own podcast at RazorbackArmory.com about a guy that has progressed from, okay, I got me an AR. Now I want to be proficient at it, and he's actually accelerated his shooting sports career.
1: Yeah. So, and, and so with uh, with Will, he started off um, basically through through high school and that, and basically through high school went to uh, went to the military. Actually joined the Navy. Did not get a lot of small arms training in the Navy because that's not something they do. Sure. He basically told me you get a day. <laughs> um, and then and then got out of you know did two tours got out um, his job and essentially when uh, he took a took a promotion moved him here to St Louis and wanted to you know wanted to get into shooting like you know hadn't hadn't had a lot of exposure to it but mm-hmm. something he was interested in he actually went to. Um, Couple different shops, shopped around, found a place he liked. Happy with me. Oh okay. good. Um, but, but and then you know started looking at it. But he looked at it as a discipline that a he wanted to be proficient in. Yes. And that and he's graduated or gravitated to what's called IDPA, um, which is mainly pistol. He has done two gun, which is AR and pistol, and um, then there's a three gun sport, which is AR pistol and shotgun. Um, there's USPSA. I mean, there's there's a lot of different groups and organizations who have different disciplines of shooting and there's different levels if you will it's like karate you have different belts you have different levels of expert, expertise you yeah
2: know. i was just going to say if you if you loved bowl you yeah. tried it once now you want to join a league now you want to be earl the pearl yeah. and you want to you know so it, it, it's like any sport i guess the people you know there's not a lot of shooting sports on espn
1: not so much. There are, it's usually these fringe outdoor networks that will okay. cover some of the different matches. Like
2: the clay shooting, yeah, that's so competitive. You,
1: exactly, so you can do it like clay shooting. You'll see some two-gun matches. You can catch some IDPA stuff. It's usually um, on more of the hunting networks sure. that will cover it. It's No, it doesn't have mainstream exposure. Uh, the nice part about it that we kind of talked about is this. If this is something that you are interested in, if you go to a local range they usually will run either not a ranked match but usually we we call them like thursday night matches you know one night of the week they're running idpa or something there if you go there and you meet with their range master or their course course guy and you say hey i'm thinking about getting into this they're usually very accepting like most people in the gun industry we want more people to come in learn how to use firearms responsibly and do that so they'll walk you through hey this is the gear you need you don't need top tier thousands of dollar gear to get started Mm -hmm. you know for like idpa the basics you need a firearm you could get like a glock 19. you need three magazines you need a magazine pouch you need a belt if you will if you want if you want a gun belt or you can just use your regular belt because you have to be able to hold it and you need what's called a cover which is like a cover garment or a vest and with that right there eye and ear protection and obviously they're going to run you through some basic stuff before you get in, in where everybody's shooting is
2: this like city like so yeah dwelling kind of stuff
1: there's situations so there's they run different situations or scenarios and the the situation and scenario the you see it you walk it okay and then you'll come back and then each person let's say you have 10 10 guys there that night mm-hmm. each guy will shoot that scenario okay if, with a, with like with a sport like football or soccer or hockey, I'm playing you on the other team. I'm, right. I'm going up against somebody else. Right. With this, yes, I am shooting for a score which is going to compete with the other shooters. Yeah. But you're really shooting against yourself. Of you're, course, you you're trying improve to improve yourself. Exactly. So you're trying to have your hits be clean. You know, you basically you know don't don't hit the hostage or whatever. You know, whatever the scenario is. Sure, sure. So you want to have the cleanest, most proficient with your hits, but also time. There's a saying that's kind of funny. You can't miss fast enough you can go really fast and miss a lot, okay? Or if you took your time and had better hits, you might have completed the stage in let's say 30 seconds, but you you missed quite a few or or you you didn't score as well. Well, you could have taken 50 seconds, scored perfectly. Well, after they they, they total it, you did better. You had a better score. So it's more about balancing that proficiency and that accuracy and then speed. And usually what they'll tell you is, so when you shoot, just, ease into it speed will come right, right you'll get better you'll progress faster some people that are worried about going into it and that and, and the other thing is too is you know if you go to we me and you go to the shooting range we both get boots and boots next to each other we send the targets down and i'm shooting for a group you're shooting for a yeah, group yeah. or raz and each yeah. other there's not a lot of stress there when you do these there's an inherent level of stress or anxiety that comes up because you're shooting, because you're moving, because your mind's working that out. It's
2: interesting that you're saying that because, I I mean, I, I this sounds like to me like law enforcement training, mm-hmm. but in a league at a range, yeah. they do set up a scenario like this. Yes. So when you're walking through, you know, don't shoot the lady with the baby, yeah. cardboard cut out, you know, shoot and, the bad guy kind of
1: thing. Yeah, and they start out pretty, um, and there's match qualifications in, in, in scenario setups, but they start out pretty basic when you when you're entering it, and they can get pretty elaborate. Yeah. And usually that's to your skill level and what you're doing. But the neat part about it is, when you go in there, the ten guys that signed up, they may even be shooting in different classes. So I might be shooting stock pistol class. One guy's shooting like open class. One guy's shooting optics carry class. We're all shooting the same scenario, and they're all going for time. But you're getting time, and you're pointed in your group. Okay. So even though ten guys are running, there may only be two novices there. Well. Only two, hopefully, you come out on top, (laughs) but you know, but it's 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 we're we're graded
2: on a curve, yeah,
1: and it's a lot of stuff, it's a lot of camaraderie. A lot of people there that are that are talking to you, usually, and you're going through that with, um, they want you to do better. They might they're shooting you some pointers of hey, you know, hey, if you did this a little bit differently or something, it's no different
2: than golf, yeah. I mean, people, well. They may want to sabotage your game yeah. so they can beat you. <laughs> yeah. um So people can just go to pretty much you know any range that offers this kind of scenario. So, yeah. Is it a league? Is that- so
1: it's not. Well, kind of. You. Don't, if you're really getting serious into it, yes, because you're going to start qualifying and taking registered matches, and you're 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 trying to get your point score up. And there's a there's a. Uh, a software called practice score and you can see like different things but um just to start just to get your get your toe in the water um if you go to a a local range usually a local indoor range will have a match or a qualification or something um and you could go and you can kind of go and watch it you know and it's it's to the to the range guy you know what's going on there to what they're going to let you do But a lot of times they'll let you watch they'll kind of walk you through something a lot of guys you know if, if you get a good trainer, I knew a guy that would you know was doing this, he was he'll he'll take you through some scenarios. You, you can you can basically rent his time right for practice or profi, you know shoot and show proficiency to like get better. Yeah. But he'll he'll set up some scenarios for you so you can actually get some real time training instead of just static, shoot at the target, right? Put right. your gun down.
2: Sounds like uh this is a whole lot different than going to a Sunday meet shoot. Yes. Have you been to a meet shoot? Oh absolutely I love meat shoots. Yeah. Actually one like Seven pounds of bacon one time. Yeah. Down in Orzo, Missouri <laughs> nice. or something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Um so tell me how far has your buddy Will gone so he in is, his shooting sport career. Uh,
1: he's an expert uh, an expert marksman. Um he is Is that distance? No, no. It's it's that's a that's like the he has got one more tier till he's at the top. Wow. Um he will actually he he was in nationals last year. He he he's scored and pointed enough to go back to nationals this year. Um really good guy, really good shooter. And and in what the podcast we talked about last night was when you get to where he's at now, yes, you are shooting against the other shooters. You're really shooting against yourself. Right. You are really focusing on, you know, cl- making the cleanest shots, moving. So the, specific. Mi- you know, making making as minimal amount of moves as you can cleanly for time, right. you know, and, and that ho- then the whole game starts to revolve around, but it's all in your head too and you don't want to make a mistake. And if you make a mistake, then you're backing out. How did I make that mistake? How do I get better? How do I not do that again? Wow. And uh, and he was like, yeah, it's getting getting kind of ragged right now. But it it was real fun in the beginning. Then you then you evolved to getting more competitive. It's a job. And he's competitive with himself because you always want to get better. So it's it's that balance of having fun, but also competing. But it's not, you know, like I said, it's not like a sport where we're a soccer team, A and B, and i you know, I got to score goals, so when we're done, hey, right. I scored more goals. Right, right. So it's it's you against yourself against other people for score.
2: That is Jesse. He is uh, part ownership of Razorback Armory. We're going to take a break and come back with more about uh, about the Second Amendment and about what they offer here at Razorback Armory in DePair on Manchester Road uh, on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Stay right there. It is Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. I'm Bo Matthews. Mark Cox is on vacation. So Jesse Rolfes, he is part ownership of Razorback Armory in DePere. They sell high-quality uh, accessories and firearms and safes and just anything you can think of. They do a great job. And in addition to it, it's the knowledge base that I enjoy so much. Uh, anytime we get a chance to talk about anything, uh, I always like to uh, uh, talk to Jesse or text him. <laughs> you probably were cussing, I should have never given this man my cell phone number. Because I want to tell you a situation that happened. Uh, my father-in-law passed away a couple of weeks ago. And he was, lives in the state of New York, lived in the state of New York. And so we went there for the funeral. And uh, my, my uh, wife's uncle uh, said, hey, by the way, He owned firearms, um, and in the state of New York, you have to surrender those firearms uh, within 15 days of the death. Now, had my wife's uncle never said that, my mother-in-law would have got a knock on the door on day 15 or 16 uh, to confiscate those firearms. And it was shocking to me because we live in a constitutional carry state. It's a different world in the Midwest to be thankful for it. But, Jesse, I text you right away, dude, this is the situation. (laughs) Uh, What do I need to do? Everything from how do I package the firearms to bring to the Sheriff's Department, what documentation, and you are a wealth of knowledge. So you, I'm not going to say you know every law in every state, but thank God you knew this one.
1: Yeah, uh, it's, their, their laws are much, much different than they are here in Missouri but uh, all firearms in the state of New York have to be registered. They were registered to your father-in-law. Yeah, and it, they and, were all listed yeah. on his card. And so when he passes, um, they like you said, the 15 day rule there is they have to be surrendered to law enforcement. Yep. Law enforcement is gonna then run those um, against stolen firearms, unknowns, whatever they have on, on the list. Yep. Uh, when they come back clean, which they should, because obviously he was registered to him and they were checked before, um, then they can go to another. They can go to a dealer there and then be registered to another family member. You, how uh, we're, we're going to transfer him, St. Louis? Are there Sunday. a lot
2: of states that do it this way? Does Illinois do it this way? No,
1: um, I'm not sure on how many states. I know that New York did because as soon as we started talking, I called somebody that I know in the insurance industry that does some business up there, yeah. and he goes, "Oh yeah, you got to surrender your firearms," yeah. um, and it's not in. When you say surrender firearms, it's not like you're surrendering them, you're never getting them back. Their whole thing is about every firearm there needs to be registered so they know where the guns are, so everything, which kind of, for me, that goes against a lot of what I believe. And sure. I believe that if he legally owned the firearms, which, like, in the state of Missouri, if you legally own your firearms and you pass away and you put have them on your will or your trust and they go to your kid, your uncle, your best friend, yep. you know, whoever you left them to, those guns legally transfer over to that person. Um, is there an
2: FFL transfer or
1: not? And so some, some estates that I work with and other people like to do that because it's clean because if anything was ever to happen with that firearm, it's been registered to that person. They've essentially done everything they could do to make sure that that person wasn't a felon. They they didn't gift or give a gun or, or transfer a gun to a felon.
2: It's the same systems as Razorback does. If I come in and I wanna have you consign, uh, you sell yep. a gun for yep. me by consignment, yep. you have to make sure that that gun has a yeah, no background. Yeah, now something
1: like that, we have to do a background yeah, check okay, on. But yeah. as far as your estate, um, if you're giving it to, which I look at people, if they're family heirloom guns and it's the children, getting the firearms and everything people ask me all the time do I have to do a background check no you don't of course not if you if, if, if it's something that you're going to carry if it's something that you you know the the concealed carry laws and everything they say you know a firearm that's legally possessed technically you do legally possess that because it transferred to you if you just want to make it clean up front no questions asked no gray area you do a transfer on that weapon if it's dad's old 30-06 and his shotgun I tell most people look in the state of Missouri you're perfectly fine Take that with you. Sure. You know, if, if the family wants to, I, I tell estates to make everything clean, write a receipt, do something, have somebody sign for it. That way, if there's ever a question, you know what the disposition
2: is. Right. If you want to uh, get a value on them, mm-hmm. if you want to sell them, you yes. guys do that at Razorback. Yeah. Uh, how does somebody do that? Because when I had to surrender the firearms at the sheriff's department, I had to have zip ties through the, mm-hmm. you know, the the chambers and all the yeah, clip they hole. Wanted,
1: they wanted they wanted it basically adamantly safe. No questions asked. Everything was visibly safe, open, unlocked you know, and, and that's why I told you with the zip tie, this is a, this is a universal way of making the gun a, a paperweight.
2: Inoperable. Yeah. <laughs> yes. in- inoperable. Yeah. So, so when somebody wants to do that, should they call you and set so up an appointment?
1: A lot of people do call us about that. And, and I appreciate that because of the scope. If you have two or three guns, usually what I'll tell you is you can bring them in. We'll check them, make sure they're safe. Everything's good. We'll talk to you about the firearms, what you want to do with them. If it's a larger estate, which we have a lot of, you know, if, if you're looking at 40 or 50 guns, that's not really feasible to pack in the car and Bring right. here. Usually, I'll schedule an appointment with them, and I'll go to you. Mm. I mean, it's it's going to be way more convenient for me to go to you than you try to pack all that up, and then we'll hold the discussion about your farms, what you want to do with them. If you are looking to sell them, if you are looking to uh, make sure that they're disposed of within your estate, if you're just looking for a little bit of information on them, yeah. and then we we tell you what we're doing and then i can i can tell you what what that cost or what what the what's associated with that process but it's not a it's not really cookie cutter it's more individual of what we're looking to do every
2: situation is going to be different yeah. you know actually here's a random question jess as we are continuing with second amendment radio on the great outdoors would you say that uh most americans that uh support the second amendment and own a firearm have one or do you think that most people have more than one firearm
1: most people have more than one fire yeah um most people have a lot more than one i think the average mind so for what i see in estates and different things um if it's the older generation now it's going into nursing home which is uh this is an eye-opener for a lot of people that sure. are transitioning and they're going into nursing homes you cannot have a firearm in a nursing home i mean big letters they will not good news good news so these know. people are coming to me and they're like you know i need to get rid of my guns and it's it's kind of strange or to me so they're getting rid of their guns and i usually ask well is there sons, daughters, you know, other people in the family, these are, you know, to pass these down that to a lot of people, them, yeah. they don't want to have anything to do with them. Right. They don't want guns. You know, they're, they're they're not, they didn't get brought up in that gun culture of hunting and shooting and, and going out and target and stuff. So, um, usually what I tell them is we, we bring them in. Uh, sometimes we'll do an outright purchase. Um, it's better for them to put them on. They're better recovery dollar yeah. wise as consignment. Um, but yeah, we'll, purchase them from them and then resell them uh, but it's 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 crazy how you know that you know you, you've collected these things but usually in that sc- that scenario it's four four to eight guns
2: right right yeah, yeah. so uh, but uh, but there are a lot of people that just have something for personal security yes uh yeah. you know home home security whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it do you constantly here at Razorback Armory have consignment weapons
1: uh, yeah, and it fluctuates. I mean, I'll get a bunch of them, and then they'll sell. It's an ebb and flow of what's coming in, what's going out. Um,
2: what's the most rare gun you have oh ever man. held in your hands?
1: <laughs> uh, you got something good? So, what comes to mind? I'm sure there's many, but. Not, not too long ago, uh, some forty five seventy Springfield trapdoors. It was weird because I got two, two different estates mm-hmm. within, 30, within a month of each other. Wow. But pristine. Really? Perfect. One of them had been hanging over the fireplace for years. They didn't even know it was a real gun. Oh, no. They just thought it was like a, like a piece of art. Yeah, That's like a oh thing. And when I looked at it, I was going through it, and I'm like, this is real. I mean, this is a real gun. They're like, oh, really? Because I was thinking, I'm like, no, it's a real gun. appraised it and actually told them, found a buyer for them. You, you, it's in a new collection. It's in a new home for hopefully a, a long term. And
2: Were they shocked at the value? Can you tell us what that number might have been?
1: They were shocked at the value. I won't give you the number, but it was good. And they were, they were thinking they had like a $50 as well in the thousands.
2: Well into the thousands?
1: Uh, almost two.
2: I mean, I, I watched So that,
1: so that one was a little over two. And then the next one, because it, that had a, uh, bayonet, everything. it, It had the, had everything with it like it should have. The other one had a rod style one. Um, it wasn't, um, the patina on that one was perfect and everything was great the other one was a little bit rougher and it was just under two uh
2: another thing i want to talk about uh, that your store uh, here uh, razorback armory does is you do restoration so yes. if you do find grandpa's gun and it's been in the attic and it's rusted there's a chance you can salvage it yes
1: yeah, so two things and this is what this is what confuses some people we have a restorva- restoration services and we have preservation services okay so some older antique quality you know guns that have been around forever in the family a lot of people are like i want to get it reblued i want to bring it back to perfect no you're going to devalue that gun something fierce oh. preservation is preserving what's there mm-hmm. keeping that patina keeping it clean you know uh, getting getting all the grease grime atmospheric you know all of the stuff that's just attached itself to yep. that gun sure, over the years sure. now some some things are beyond i mean i i get some guns that have literally been sitting on the garage or the basement and they're orange i mean they're rusted some of that stuff I can bring back to life. I can get it back to functioning. I'm not a magician. So we can, <laughs> I can do a lot, but there's some stuff that you, you literally just can't wave the wand at. But that preservation service works for a lot of guns, and then the restoration ser- works for, for different guns. But, again, that's a, that's a per firearm basis when we look at something to say, yeah, hey, this is worth restoring. And I'll tell you, a restoration service on a gun is for you. It's because you sure. want to see it because it's, it's grandpa's. You know, I have my mom's gun. old
2: 79 Firebird. I mean, yeah. I still got it. And, and, you know. But
1: it's not going to be, oh, I'm going to put this money in it. I'm going to make this gun worth so much more. Sure. This is something that you want to see for, for you and uh, to keep that heirloom in your family the way you want it.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, well, I I really want to say thank you very mm-hmm. much for helping me co-host this show. No problem. Um, I do want to point out, though, that you have a silencer shop kiosk mm-hmm. that my fingerprints are in that system <laughs> yes and i was talking to your chef dickie Dicky. yeah and uh he said people are going crazy to are getting that system going to get their silencer or suppressor yeah uh and you guys do that
1: yeah so we day. so we've built so with silencer shop we've been a silencer shop partner for almost six years i guess now um we've always done the digital system we've always done this now with the new electronic e-file which I was on your show the day e-file was was out we, yeah. were, we, we were talking about how it might work well it works it does work um, so we'll get your account set up with silencer shop do the fingerprints the photograph do all the the background the heavy lifting to get your account done
2: do you only have to do that once
1: yes so okay. with account set up we do everything once we make sure that your eForms forms e-file account is set up right and then we talk about the product whatever suppressor you want to do or however many you want to do and then we'll get you into that. We'll walk you through the process. Our full concierge services. I'm going to do everything I can do to keep you from having to do it. You know, I'm going to need your fingerprints. I'm going to need your signature, and I'm going to need you here. At and the time that of kiosk
2: makes it so easy. Yeah, yeah. So, so the uh, the suppressor I will be receiving when I get my stamp or whatever you call yeah, it. Yeah. So we're we're waiting
1: on a form, approved form four. Yes. Which is you've paid your taxes. You paid your $200 tax stamp. When that is emailed to me now, because we're doing e-file, right. I print it off, you're actually gonna get an email of the actual form form. I'm waiting for it. And then when when it comes in, we'll deliver that off to you and we're gonna go shooting.
2: The coolest thing that I learned about these, because I've really never even entertained the idea because I thought that was meant for Hollywood or for, you know, whatever, uh, the big heist. Yeah. Um, and uh, they are interchangeable. If you have a barrel that's threaded, mm-hmm. a nine millimeter suppressor can mm-hmm. go on each one of those firearms, correct? You can. Spin yeah, them so on.
1: they're they're somewhat caliber specific. Yeah, oh, of so, course. But so yeah, but if you have three nine millimeters, yes, you can put them on there, and they can interface differently. So a nine millimeter true pistol, like a Glock or yep. a Sig, is different than a nine millimeter subgun, which is a fixed barrel. But the same can can be present on both of those.
2: And by can you mean suppressor? Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, well, I'll tell you what, man. I, I've appreciated the friendship, and I'll just say this too: uh, my friendship began. Way back in oh, yeah. motorcycle days, uh, when you were the custom builder, custom bike uh, guy, that's that's what you did. Uh, did you ever think that was going to lead to this? For crying out loud, no. <laughs> and here you tomorrow, are. I even tomorrow. Yeah, remember be. the Orange County chop? I mean, the, oh, the, the, yeah. those shows oh, and everything. That was it. Made that those hundred thousand dollar motorcycles crate a lot of people jumped into it they were the most uncomfortable things ever to ride uh they called them what do they call them bar bar, bar bikes or yeah whatever, i you
1: mean know. you know you're you're you go 10
2: miles you need to stand up
1: yeah those those old rigids and stuff that were you know big tire big motor rigid frame flashy Ugh. paint job lots of chrome look cool uh, look great
2: that's artwork yeah but man to take it to the corner store and back <laughs> yeah. uh but you know what i appreciate the fact that uh, you are arming America. You are yeah. doing it safely. Whether it's uh, shooting sports, personal protection, hunting. Do you get a lot of hunters in here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We do. Yeah. So you, because you, you have really everything available, and ammo is in. So if you need ammo, Razorback Armory. Again, start your journey and your friendship with Jesse and Brad and his crew here. Uh, by going to RazorbackArmory.com, get the address, get the phone number, just put it in your contact because you may be in another state and have a question and you might have, you may not get Jesse's <laughs> cell phone number, but like I do because the weird questions come in for me all the time, uh, but definitely start your journey at Razorback Armory by going to RazorbackArmory.com. We have more of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors coming up. We're going to talk about the great outdoors and we're going floating, not as far as you think it's going to be. Thanks for listening to Second Amendment Radio and The Great Outdoors. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. It is Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. My name is Bill Matthews. Mark Cox is on vacation. Our executive producer, Carl Middleman, is at the helm pew, pew. producing this entire program. And I do want to thank uh, Jesse at Razorback Armory for being uh, my co host for part of this show. And I, you know, we could call this show Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors with Jesse because we got another Jesse we're going to talk to right now about float trips. And the closest float trip to St. Louis is just a few miles away. We welcome Operations Manager Jessica Cagle from Brookdale Farms and Twin Rivers Canoe Rental. Uh, welcome to Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. How are you, Jess?
0: I'm great. How are you?
2: I'm fantastic. Uh, how is floating season going so far?
0: It's great. It the weather has been amazing. <laughs>
2: uh, it has, it has, and and you know what that brings up a good point uh, is the water moving good? Is there plenty of water in the river to you know move you down, or are you paddling a lot?
0: The water is moving a little slow, but I mean that just makes for a little bit longer of a day and enjoy the fun a little bit longer i I
2: think the cool thing about it is uh you're right there in eureka so brookdale farms is where people will go to to start this process of course they can go to brookdalefarmsinc.com to get all the information that we're going to talk about but you guys offer uh, many uh water uh, craft Uh, but if somebody wants to bring their own water craft because you see subarus running down the highway with a kayak or whatever can they bring their own out to your place
0: Monday through Friday we offer transports for, for other people's vessels okay. uh, but it's twenty dollars per person um, and then we need a reservation we needed you know to know ahead of time
2: what I love about it uh, is you don't have to travel three hours away because the first uh, float I went on many years ago horrible experience the weather was terrible uh, it was the 11 point I don't know if you've ever floated on the 11 point River uh-huh. Uh, it is it is rough and the water was really low uh, and it was so hot and it was one of these uh, two day floats where you had to camp midway through the float. So you had to bring all your gear and I saw you know some flipping over and losing all their gear and their tents and their yeah. their coolers. It was horrible. <laughs> But what I love about uh, what you guys are doing is you're really close to St. Louis. You want to go for an afternoon floater and, you know, whatever times you do it. Um, it's just convenient because if you wake up and go, Yeah, it's going to be too hot today, you don't go. But maybe tomorrow's going right. to be better, right?
0: Right, absolutely.
2: And we're uh, and
0: and flexible if, you know, if, um, if something happens and it's raining, we can always um, switch to another day or, yeah. if, you know, as long as you give us notice, um, you know, even with, if something happens with uh, you know, like emergency or anything,
2: plans please. change, and that's what's wonderful about not having to go three or four hours away to do this. Right. Um, but let's talk about uh, because the uh, Twin Rivers Canoe Rental has you know been going on for a few years now, uh, and year over year, you said uh, last time we chatted that businesses and people are discovering you guys.
0: Yes, they are, um, and actually, we have a lot of different things on the farm um, that we do. Um, we do weddings and events, and we do. Um, carriage rides we do corn maize sunflower maze, and we have people that come and they're like i had no idea that you do float trips <laughs> so we're like it's, it's always you know always something
2: and if you're two people that want to go one person wants to go or you got a group of 50 you want to go uh you guys can yeah, pretty much accommodate, accommodate that what's really nice is at brookdale farms inc.com they have uh, the pricing and all that stuff um and the, the different uh, yeah, and the uh, the different of uh, vehicles or uh, watercraft, I should say. You have rafts uh, that people can rent, or you have canoes.
0: Yep, we have uh, we have six man rafts, eight man rafts. We have inner tubes. The inner tubes are really cool. They are uh, closed on the bottom. They have a little backrest, little cup holder. So that's always my favorite. Um, <laughs> you know, and then we have a cooler raft that will hold your cooler, um, and you can just tie that onto your inner tube. and float down the river and enjoy yourself or have a uh, canoe and kayak the kayaks are single
2: i was i was going to ask uh, because the float trip that i went on many years ago we we had coolers as i mentioned um yeah. what are some of the rules for people that are going to be floating uh no no glass probably right what else are the rules
0: absolutely no yeah no glass no styrofoam um of course you want to respect the environment and, and take your trash with you
2: Okay, okay. So, yeah, and you can bring, you know, a meal, have a lunch on a sandbar or something. Absolutely. Uh, We
0: recommend that. You always want to have stuff to drink, Um, water, you want to stay hydrated. Um, People think, oh, we're on the water. No, you need to drink it, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe alternate.
0: uh, Yeah, you want to, you want to for sure have have stuff to eat, Um, especially when it's, you know, when it's this hot.
2: I'm telling you, I think more and more people are learning that uh, that uh, float trips are happening so close to St. Louis. You can sleep in your own mm-hmm. bed at night, which is awesome, um, yes. but uh, you have two different lengths of, uh, of floats that you do. You do the nine mile, which that's mm-hmm. that's going to be a long afternoon or, or whatever.
0: Um, so the nine mile is for the canoes and the kayaks. The canoes and the kayaks travel faster than the tubes yeah. and the rafts, so they go on the nine mile. Um, it's no, it just takes, a, like, if you were to get on there and not stop and just go straight through, it'd take about three, three and a half hours. Okay. Of course, you want to stay, um, you want to stop, and you want to hang out on the gravel bars, um, enjoy lunch, enjoy swimming. Um, so, I mean, you can make a day of it. You just, we just ask you're back by 7 p.m. Okay. Um, and okay. then the inner tubes and the raft, same thing. It's a four-mile, and then um, uh, it takes about three, three and a half hours to float through nonstop.
2: Well, on the website, it's all spelled out for you. Um, they uh, they have Monday through Friday. Here's the times that you can go on a float out at uh, Twin Rivers Canoe Area uh, Rental at Brookdale Farms. Monday through Friday, 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and noon. What a wonderful way to spend a weekday. Take a uh, take a sick day or uh, work remotely if you want to from the canoe or raft. That would be a good idea.
0: For the raft, it's 9, 10, 11, 12, and 1. And then on the the canoes and
2: kayaks is 9, 10, 30, and 12. Oh, okay. 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 And the okay. cool thing is you can you can do your online booking uh, right there. And uh, But if you want to call and, you know, maybe you've got special instructions or something like that, uh, you can just call out to Brookdale and they'll accommodate you. Uh, you'll either talk to Jess or uh, Danielle or somebody, 636-938-1005. And uh, are, are you like, are you booking up like, you know, we have 4th of July coming up around the corner. Um, are, are things booking up pretty, pretty good?
0: They are. Um, last weekend was was booked solid, um, and 4th of July weekend is booking up this weekend, getting pretty full, cool. <laughs> um, So we've had people calling about 4th of July also.
2: That's fantastic. Well, it's so cool because it's so close, and again, you can sleep in your own bed that night uh, after a day in the sun and fun. Now, uh, another thing that I wanted to bring up before we, uh, before we finish the show and finish this call uh-huh. Is that uh, I found out uh, through Fire Chief Greg Brown that you are a metal detector person, um, absolutely, and and uh, and you found some pretty cool stuff. Uh, uh-huh. I bought I bought a, a metal detector about a year and a half ago. I've used it on my property with no like surprise, no no discovery of treasure. Uh, right. But then something else happened. You learned about magnet fishing. Now, we have talked about magnet fishing in the recent past on Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Magnet fishing is where you take this extremely strong magnet on a rope and a lot of people go to a bridge, maybe out in a rural county area over a river, and drop that magnet down into the water and see what people have either thrown off uh, over over the edge of the bridge or uh, maybe it fell off or something that my friends is magnet fishing and they do have kits you can buy on amazon i mentioned it once to greg brown and within a couple of days he had his magnet fishing kit so you're intrigued right yeah
0: yeah greg introduced me to that i said wow this is cool are you not anything cool yet but what a blast
2: you know before i made this phone call to talk to you i was thinking gosh i wonder if we could do that from a canoe
0: probably could. (laughs) That's awesome. We actually talked about that. Oh, did you really? Yes, we did.
2: You're already on the game. Okay. Well, uh, Jessica Cagle is the uh, operations manager at Brookdale Farms. Twin Rivers Canoe Rental, but it's so much more than that. Kayaks, rafts, tubes, they got you all, and it's so close to St. Louis. So uh, go to brookdalefarmsinc.com and get it booked today because they are fill them up. Uh, Jess, thank you so much for joining us on Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors.
0: Absolutely. It was great talking to you.
2: Good stuff. Always always a great time. She's a a smart lady. She's put up with me at my Big Dog's Poker Bash every year for several years. And uh, just a great location. If you've never been out to Brookdale Farms, highly suggested, especially during these hot summer days. Well, that's going to wrap it up for Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Thanks to the Jesse Show. That's what we're going to call it uh, because we have Jesse from Razorback, Jesse from Brookdale. I'm Bo. Mark will be back next week with the show. And uh, for Carl Middleman, have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for listening to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. See you, boys. Come
1: on. <laughs> Get more at 971talk.com.